This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail, and I am joined on today's episode by John Lunn, who is the founder and CEO of Gravy. So thanks you for joining me today, John. Thank you for having me. So to get us started, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and uh, your professional background? Sure. So um, as you said, I'm John Lenn, the CEO of Gravy. Um, professionally, I've been in um, payments and fintech since it uh, feels like the beginning of time. So I started at my uh, first fintech company back in 1997, um, which was a, a payments company called Cybersource, uh, probably the first internet payments company. Um, and took that through dot-com boom, dot-com crash, uh, through to selling it to Visa um, a number of years later for an awful lot of money. Um, from that point onwards, uh, I went to start another company um, called Passmark Security, um, where we were basically working in banking security space. Um, that got sold to RSA. Um, and then from there, I was busy setting up a, another company at the time. Um, got a, a phone call from PayPal. Um, asking me to join, was that not that keen on joining the company, um, thinking it was a big um, US corporate, but essentially uh, um, it told me to meet the other three people. So I think I was employee four in PayPal UK, um, right at nearly 16 years ago now, actually, um, at very early days. So throughout that, I kind of early days of, of introducing PayPal to the space of retail, um, trying to get those first merchants on board and then um, from there growing it. Uh, I, I uh, talked to our CEO in the time and uh, had a conversation with him about buying another payment company. And that's when we bought um, Braintree. Um, part of the deal was if, if I buy it, you're going over there, John. So I then was sent over to Braintree to, to work for Bill over there and, and looked after developer and startup relations for, for, for a number of years. Um, and then when, uh, when the new CEO came in, uh, he quickly realized that we were we were doing a lot with startups, but perhaps we should be investing. So I was very early in, in, in that idea and starting PayPal Ventures over there. Um, so for the last five years before I started Gravy, I was actually on the other side of the table investing in fintechs. Um, I left PayPal uh, last year and started Gravy because I missed building companies. Yeah, so that's a, a perfect lead in kind of to getting us to where we're at today and um you know, your creation, I mentioned that you're the founder and you started Gravy. So tell us a little bit about kind of your inspiration, the drive to start uh, the company. Yeah, so my inspiration is born out of pure frustration, really. I kept on having the same conversation over and over again with, with retailers around the world. Um, the conversation would go along the lines of you should add payment company, i.e. PayPal. And they'd be like, yes, we would love to add, a, add that. We will do that. It's going to take me eight months or it's going to take me two years. And, and I kept on like thinking, why, why would it take so long to do that? It's like three lines of code. Why, why does it take so long to add that into your payment infrastructure? And, and when I was investing in, in these companies with some amazing technologies that would have huge advantages to retail, the same thing would happen. It'd be like, yes, it's going to take us two years to do this, or it's going to take us this amount of time to do this. And it kind of galvanized it to me. I was speaking to a retailer who wanted to expand to, to South America. Um, and they told me that their parent had quoted them, I think it was 13 months and $8 million per payment type they needed to go into that, that, that region. And I'm like, this is crazy. What is going on here? Um, and it turns out that essentially, pretty much every retailer in the world has a payments team. 
And that payments team starts as kind of one individual right at the beginning who, who perhaps does an integration to it to their first PSP, say it's a Stripe or a Braintree or someone else. And then six months later, you need something else. So you might need a PayPal, you might need a buy now, pay later provider. And then six months later, you need another one. And then suddenly you go international, going to a different country where they require other forms of payments. And essentially what happens in almost all retailers is to deal with that, the payments team gets bigger and it gets bigger and custom code is written to deal with that situation until you get to a, you know, a large retailer where you have a huge payments team basically managing all of these pipes and building plumbing. And it was apparent to me that everybody was doing this independently. So um, everybody essentially building exactly the same product independently. And by the time you got to a decent size, then it became a problem. And over 50% of all retailers in North America have two or more PSPs. And essentially, why would everyone build the same custom code? Isn't there, is there's a gap in the market here and the gap is a tool that does exactly that, allows a retailer to be flexible, add, move, change, and, and basically move with the times when it comes to payments without engineering debt, without huge amount of, of, of people working on this and really long roadmaps. And that's what we're looking to solve here at Gravy. Yeah, so that's, you know, you mentioned that you started Gravy out of this uh, frustration that you were having, and um, which leads me to uh, talk about how Gravy is, is addressing that frustration, those conversations you were having with the retailers um, you know, this length of time that was going to be needed for, you know, as you said, three lines of code. Tell us a little bit about how Gravy addresses that challenge, uh, or maybe it was even a perceived challenge that retailers had. Yeah, so so we built a tool, essentially, and we built a tool that uh, that allows a product manager or a person in the finance team to, to manage and control and change and add and do all the stuff they want to do with payments without needing an engineer to do that. So the, the way we built that is we've essentially built a cloud infrastructure company. Uh, we spin you up an instance of Gravy in the cloud um, that connects to the systems that you have today. So that's a, a core differentiator between us and um, anyone else is we fit into what you have now. And that cloud basically gives you a no-code layer, which is basically a visual layer, click and drag, allows you as a product manager to go in and say, okay, I want to add a new payment company um, and do that in three clicks, add that into your infrastructure and then build rules around that on how you're gonna manage payments to that payment company. So on the back end, you might have rules such as if card is coming from Brazil, then send it to eBanks. If card is coming from Europe, maybe send it to Adyen. Um, but even more so, you can start to build rules around um, the front end. So you, the kind of the classic is, is a Japanese checkout where you have like a thousand different checkout options. So we allow you as a retailer to go in and say, I want to configure it. So for this client buying this product at this time, they will, these these uh, payment options will be available to them. And that means you can really customize your checkout in an individual level for your client and give you a much higher chance of having them you know, check out and make that payment. From your examples there, are, are you finding that the majority of uh, clients that are, or retailers that are looking to gravy uh, for help, are they uh, cross-border? Is, is that a growing part of their business and they need a payment solution such as what gravy can offer? Well, um, cross-border is definitely a catalyst. So, I mean, the minute you 
leave your home territory and and you know we're live in europe and in north america but the minute you go to a different territory and in europe it's normally your neighboring country in america it's a different continent um is you suddenly hit this problem full on because you know outside north america credit cards are only one way that people like to pay and yet it's particular countries and many of them where they have their own way of wanting to pay and that's not something most north american retailers are used to um, or able to handle so um that is definitely a catalyst for us but we do have many you know conversations in north america where where retailers are just simply looking to add redundancy trying to deal with you know some of the challenges coming with payments around 3d secure uh, and, and other things like you know cit and mit is or they're just simply looking to add another payment um payment provider or more more importantly now in north america buy now pay later is is definitely becoming a hot subject so that leads into a next conversation, John. You just mentioned buy now, pay later. So uh, I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. So there's been a lot of talk and a lot written, a lot said about some of the new and upcoming payment methods that uh, retailers are beginning to offer, buy now, pay later being one example, others such as open banking, direct payments. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of what you see as the implications around this new trend for, for both e-commerce uh, uh, and, uh, and retailers in general? Yeah, I mean, so on a, on a consumer and a retail implication level, on the good on the positive side, like this is great, um, enabling more payment options, um, allowing your consumers to to pay in the way that they want to pay is going to do nothing but increase your sales, right? So, um, enabling pay people to pay in in four installments, uh, allowing people that perhaps don't have bank accounts and credit cards to make payments, um, or or simply, you know. I'm willing to do that. Uh, opening that up to consumers is great for a retailer and, you know, should be a priority and should be something retailers are looking to do. On the other side of the coin, you know, they are different. They don't work exactly the same way as traditional payment types, especially e-commerce. So they don't necessarily work in the same way that a credit card would, you know, have an authorization and a capture and all that kind of deal. Some of these payment types are very offline. So they are... You know, essentially, you're depending on a consumer to go and make a payment in their local convenience store or, uh, you know, go to their bank or do something that, you know, doesn't necessarily involve, you know, waiting on with a checkout open and saying thank you for your order. It's so they are different and they do require different things. And and therefore, you know, that's an opportunity for us to add gravy because we're able to basically deal with that UI, deal with the differences for you, and then reconcile it all into central reporting that fit into again what you have today. Um, but it but it is a challenge. I mean, some of the, some of the new payment types are coming. They involve displaying QR codes. They involve using cell phones to authenticate. Um, and, and with open banking, you are, you know, sent off somewhere else for a bit to, to authenticate yourself biometrically on your phone. Um, and, you know, that goes back to the retailer. So, look, you sh as a retailer, opportunity is huge. Um, if you try to do this yourselves, it's going to take time, particularly if you're working with a, a limited, overstretched um, payments team in-house. And what we do at Gravy is we do that work for you um, that allows you to actually try these new things. And I found many many conversations with retailers who've said things to me such as you know what i'd really like to see what happens if we offer something like bitcoin on a website but i can't do that because you know it's an 18-month project and and i can't take that risk and what we're trying to do with, with gravy is make it so easy that it's 
a quick decision. You can deploy it to like 5% of your customers, see how it goes. If it works well, then keep on going. If it doesn't work, switch it off. It's not really cost you anything. Yeah, that speed the market. Uh, to your point, you could test it with a with a smaller segment of your of your audience, and then you know if you're seeing the results that you hope, you know, roll it out to uh, to continue to increase the percentage of the audience that is available to. You mentioned the opportunity here for retailers, John. I want to follow up on that a little bit in terms of why it is important that retailers are offering these new payment methods uh, in terms of market opportunity, uh, so gaining market share and their customers. I would imagine this is kind of a gateway to get some customer acquisition in terms of, you know, some first time customers that might not have shopped with your brand, use leveraging tools such as uh, buy now, pay later, open banking, direct payments. Um, tell us a little about the impact that it can have on customer acquisition and, and growing market share as well. Yeah. So, I mean, look, if, there, if you have people coming to your website who are unable to check out, then frankly, you've lost them as customers. So um, opening these other payment types, one, at least give them you the opportunity to address them at customers, but let's use buy now, pay later as a good example. So buy now, pay later, people, I, you know, I, I talked to some retailers say, yes, we've added buy now, pay later. And usually that's, they've added one buy now, pay later um, provider, which is great, but they're not all the same. And they all have different demographics. Um, so, you know, certain ones have you know, very clear demographics of like, for example, women under 30, there's one of them that particularly attracts women under 30. There, there's um, buy now, pay later providers that really appeal to, you know, Gen Z, uh, um, other ones that are perhaps appeal, appeal to different uh, user groups. So, you know, configuring and providing the, the in, in the simplest case, the buy now, pay later uh, option that your customer likes um, or that customer is used to using is going to increase their chances of checking out a huge amount. And I think then also, you know, for someone who perhaps is maxed out on their credit card or, or, or et cetera, having the option to pay with your bank account for something you need, again, opens up that chance of giving the consumer uh, the ability to check out. I mean, there's there's lots of studies around, you know, millennials and Venmo, for example, and, and them liking Venmo and not getting credit cards and, and not having those checkout options on your website is, is basically, it's not about optimizing. It's basically just opening the door because otherwise they can't come in. Yeah. You know, that's it's almost becoming just standard um, it, what's expected, too. It's not just a, it's not looked at as perceived as a bonus, but it's really an expectation for the consumer uh, exactly. or it's getting to that point. Um, so we talked about the benefits then, um, potential benefits in terms of market share, customer acquisition. Um, let's address a little bit about the challenges that retailers face. Are, are you know real or perceived when they're taking on new payment methods and why a solution such as gravy um, can help to address those challenges well firstly i mean your your checkout as a retailer is you know the most important page almost of your entire e-commerce site right that's the bit where you know it comes down to it are they going to pay for the product so anything that that, that messes with that checkout um can significantly decrease uh, the chances of a consumer shopping i mean i've seen stats such as every additional page you add to checkout takes out 16 percent of your of your of your shoppers so you know when you're doing one of these new and interesting checkout options, so something like a, a you know open banking, which requires a QR code, right? You're having your engineers, your in-house web team, 
one building the UI that fits with that is a significant amount of work. But actually on the background, it's not just about taking the payment. That has got to talk to your fulfillment system. That's got to talk to your accounting system, et cetera. And it's got to be tracked through from beginning to end. And, and it is more than likely that the majority of retailers' systems are built around accepting credit cards, which have a very simple auth capture settle process. That is not the same with some of these other payment types. That's not the same with the risk that runs on these other payment types. So there is a certain amount of adaption. If you do this yourself, essentially, it's going to take you quite a lot of time because you're gonna to have to take this new paradigm and adapt it to your system or adapt your system to it, which is more likely. And then when you're done with that, you start on the next one. And that's why we see these sort of eight, nine, two year roadmaps for adding simple payment types is it's not really, the, the, the just adding the payment up is what happens to that money and how does it flow through your system that you have today. And so what we've done with uh, Gravy is we've normalized that. So one, essentially, we do the UI for you if you want us to. We give you the, the components you can plug into your checkout so that you can accept that payment type without needing you know, your web engineers, et cetera, to build that. And then on the back end, we've consolidated the reporting and the way that sent you into one format. So whether it's open banking, PayPal, or credit cards or anything else, it's very easy for your accounts team to see who's paid you for what and when. Um, and, and then, you know, we made it incredibly easy to add it without creating that engineering or that technical debt by doing it. So we've tried to take that complexity away for you. You integrate once with Gravy and then you don't need to integrate again after that. And then we take that complexity away and give it to you in the format that you need and allows a non-technical person to make those changes. Yeah, so uh, kind of in the same vein, John, um, you know, removing that technical debt and that complexity, as you mentioned, the, uh, Gravy's cloud native platform orchestration platform uh, is helping retailers to kind of take on these new payment methods. Tell us a little bit about the cloud native platform and what's the importance of leveraging the cloud to solve for these uh, payment issues. Yeah, so there's a lot of big advantages um, to, to building infrastructure as a service, and that's really what we've done on top of the cloud. Um, is one most retailers are going through the process of what's been called digitalization, which is moving their own infrastructure out of you know legacy data centers into the cloud, and therefore any solution out there needs to be lock stock with. We, the main trend in, in digitalization. So that's the first part of it. But secondly, being in the cloud allows us to deploy infrastructure specifically for that merchant. So we spin up an instance of Gravy for the retailer. And that instance of Gravy is not shared with anyone else and it can be deployed where, wherever the retailer requires it to be deployed. So we can deploy in data centers all around the world. And that can uh, super interesting when it comes, comes to one of the biggest trends that's happening now, which is around data residency. So data residency is coming more prominent. We've already had like the kickoffs of GDPR in Europe, um, in Asia and other parts of the world. There's other rules coming in. I mean, currently in India, um, payment data is not allowed to leave India. So by having a cloud native platform, we're able to spin up edge versions of gravy in local, uh, data centers. So for example, if you want to accept payments in India, we can spin you up a version of Gravy 
in an Indian data center connected to Indian payment types where that payment data never leaves India, but that can talk back to your main instance of gravy, which could be in North America. It, it also gives you the ability to burst up and down cloud sizes. So, you know, if you're a, a merchant or retailer saying something like tickets, so every year there might be a big event like a festival. The wheels fall off. Um, you, you know, you need a huge amount of infrastructure to uh, deal with that, like high volume and, and high, you know, cadence of volume coming in. With Gravy, we can literally, as a cloud platform, we can increase the number of processes, database connections, all that technical stuff to allow you to deal with that event for, say, 24 hours. And when it's done, we can shrink it back down, which means you as a retailer are not going to need that infrastructure when it comes to payments, sitting around doing nothing for the, you know, the rest of the year when you're not uh, selling tickets for a festival. So it gives us all of that flexibility. And, and I think any retailer who's going through digitalization will see the flexibility you get from the cloud. And we've basically taken all those advantages and, and, and created them in the payment space so that you really have a very, very flexible infrastructure solution. For that flexibility that you talked about, John, uh, in the case of a retailer and use that example around the, you know, if it's a festival, it's seasonal, seasonal events too. Is that something that you're seeing retail clients that they need to scale up their infrastructure for certain times, whether it be, you know, end of year holiday sales uh, or maybe, you know, something else in terms of a seasonal event and then they yeah. can scale down when they don't need that infrastructure? Exactly. And, and and the way that we price as a company is, is on usage. It's it's not on, you know, we don't spin you up infrastructure that sits there doing nothing for a year. We 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 charge you for the usage of the infrastructure for a period of time. So, you know, you do have holiday season coming, you have those very busy days like you know, Cyber Friday and Black Monday, etc. And, and we're able to scale up your payment infrastructure for those events and then shrink them down straight afterwards. So you're not paying for it when you don't need it. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And then lastly, for retailers that are looking into payments orchestration and, you know, potentially taking on new payment methods, what could you tell or how, how best could they get in touch with Gravy and how can they learn more about the company? Well, the first thing is please go to gravy.com on our website where it's gravy with a, a four instead of the A um, and, and click on the link um, as a contact us a section. You can uh, book a demo and, and get in touch with us. We're, we're happy to sit there. And, and just simply, if you've got a question about payments, um, please contact us. We, we've all been in payments for a long time. We, we, we've seen this, we've done that, and we're very happy to help and, and explain how orchestration can really help you. Yeah, certainly an expert in the uh, payment space. So I want to take the opportunity to thank John Lunn, again, who is the founder and CEO of cloud payment orchestration platform Gravy for joining us on today's episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcast for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks. And until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.